Good to see you all. Um, summer is here. Obviously, it's hot and gorgeous. Sweat is a beautiful thing. Um, I, um, I thought Matt was actually going to do some, do some praying between worship and, and sermon, so I thought I had a few more minutes to collect myself because that was really cool worship. So thanks for that. You set me up. Um, Okay, I've been I've been struggling to know exactly how to how to start tonight. Um, the, the the title of my talk tonight is uh, is a post Pentecost people. It's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? But um, post Pentecost people, um, and you know. You're all, almost all of you that I see in this building are, are regular attendees. And, and if you've been here for the last year, you know that God has been working with us very slowly. And, and, and I don't think it's because we're stupid. Okay, I, I, think, I think it's because he's been really careful. And he's been very deliberate. And so, you know, we had months on, on, on living water and we had months on abiding on John 15. Um, and we've kind of shifted... We had, we had abide and activate, or abide and then abide and activate, and we're shifting more into activate, but, um, but the Lord just keeps, just keeps drawing us back into just speaking about His Spirit. Um, so next week I've asked Matt to, to speak on healing, and so we're going we're gonna to press in more explicitly into, into that activation. But you know, and I, don't be surprised if, if every now and again I, just, I jump back in and I give almost the same message. Okay, and we'll have tweaks here and there. But God is really wanting us to get this. And it might just be me, okay? As I've said before, it might just be me. I might just be slow. But I don't, I, I really think he's trying to be careful. And, you know, this church is called Kingdom Life Church. And, and we, we, were, we were founded on the basis of the Holy Spirit moving and the Holy Spirit being alive and, and wanting to heal and wanting to restore and wanting to bring liberty because that's a key part of his purpose. Um, and we've seen God do tremendous things. Um, but it's really, it's really been pressing on me in the last few weeks that I, that I don't, I don't well, I'll say this right. I think the Lord has really powerful plans for us. And, and not just for us, but for, you know, for this area and for other churches. It's not just about us. Um, but I think he's been really deliberate because he, he really, he's, he's really trying to cultivate us into a body that um, when he starts to move more, we're not going to get scared. We're not going to worry what people think. We're going to be a place where he not only arrives and moves, but stays. And so, you know, I apologize if a lot of what I say tonight I've said before. Um, but just believe me that I, I really believe that the Lord is wanting us to truly get this. And if there's one thing that I say tonight that you're not yet doing, then, then do that one thing. Yeah, and let's, and let's, let's, let's keep moving to cultivate a place where the Lord wants to move. And, and I, I say where he wants to move and where he wants to be, because a lot of this is personal. A lot of this is about us. But it's always about us as a community as well. That I know if Amanda and Nicholas and Henrik and you know, other people are pressing into the Lord in their quiet time, and then they come together in this building and they're worshiping together. I, I know the Holy Spirit, he's, he's, he's magnified and he loves to move. It's like this exponential way that God operates. 
And, you know, the, the thing, one of the things about the Holy Spirit, uh, is, you know, we, obviously, if we talk about the Holy Spirit, that's the point of sermons. We read scripture, um, and, we, and we utilize our minds to understand at least some of the principles around the Holy Spirit. You know, um, the disciples, <laughs> um, Jesus talked to them about the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit moves on a level that is far beneath our feelings. It's far beneath our intellectual understanding. He moves in our souls. He's united with our spirit. And that's a really hard thing to understand. Um, you know, if we look at Pentecost itself, when the Holy Spirit is given, and we look at what happens to the disciples, they are filled, filled with boldness, they are filled with courage, they are filled with words of wisdom, they are given new languages. Things happen to them physically and spiritually that cannot be understood by virtue of an intellectual ascent, okay, or a feeling. Okay, there's something that happens in the very core of who they are. And those, you know, those of you in the church, you know, for example, who, who speak in tongues, you know this. You know, like you're given this language, and no one's taught you. It's just there. And when you speak it, it doesn't, your brain doesn't operate in the same way as it does when you're speaking your, your native tongue. Something deeper has happened than just the mind. Um, I, I think sometime last year, um, I, I shared with you that, that um, I... That, that, that God had given me two, two dreams within two weeks, which was just w weird for me because I don't, I dream a lot, but I don't normally get dreams from God. Um, and those of you who do get dreams from God, you know those dreams where you know in your dream that it's from God and you better remember it, okay? Those sorts of dreams. I don't get those very often. So when I get two in the space of two weeks, I, I pay attention in particular. And um, I know people telling you dreams is really boring. I know that can be really painful, so <laughs> I'll keep this brief, okay? Um, but this dream stood out for me for two reasons. The first is that when I was 25, I had my first vision of Jesus. And in that dream, I was told by God to enter into water that was in front of me. And this dream started with this man on this, on this other side of a, of a river saying, get into the water. So I immediately paid attention that this was, this was God, and I knew it was the Father speaking to me. And I, I got into the water, and it was like a tributary coming off the sea, and it was powerful, it was moving, but I just sank to the bottom. And in the dream, I could breathe on the water. It was really weird and, and kind of fun. But I could feel this water rushing past me, and I knew that this was the, this was the living water of the, out of the throne of God. This was the Spirit of God flowing past me. And I didn't understand why I was rooted to the spot. And then I looked up, and the water was beautifully clear, and I could see the, the old man. I could see the father standing on the, on the riverbank. And he looked down at me, and he said, tilt. I was holding like a, a biggie board. I don't know if you a surfboard, little one. And he said, just tilt your board. And so I did, I just tilted it, and suddenly the current took me. And I was just screaming with delight at the velocity of the water, and just playing in the surf, and it just took me. And it was incredible. And then I woke up. And, you know, for the last sort of 10, 11 months, 
I've been wondering what that tilt is. That, and it was such a little thing. I literally just moved my hands a little bit. And God hasn't told me. Because I want the one thing. I want that one thing that I can go and do and, and suddenly just be full of the Spirit and moving with the Spirit. And he won't tell me. Except that I think that everything that we've been doing for the last 10, 11 months is the one thing, which is to be paying increasing attention to Jesus and to his Spirit. And to give him space to be operating at that place deep inside us. And so every time I, 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 I preach and I call us to surrender, or I call us to worship, or so, you know, someone else preaches here and we, and we talk about these things, I just I believe the Lord is saying, cultivate time, cultivate my presence, cultivate intimacy with me. And sooner or later, that thing's going to happen, and we're going to experience more of him, more of him than we ever have, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, and I, I know that's not wonderfully crisp and clear, and I wish it was. I wish I could give you the bullet points. It's frustrating to me as well, and at the same time, it's glorious because it just makes me, having, makes me have to spend time with him and makes me have to look to him, and, 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 and that, that intimacy that that creates is, is incredible as well. So I'm kind of frustrated and kind of not at the same time. So, um, when I asked the Lord what he wanted, you know, what to speak on, he was pretty quiet as he has been, and then he started speaking to me this morning. He'd been saying a few things over the last few weeks, but really started speaking this morning and just saying, okay, it's time just to remind us. Just, be, just remember some of the things that are important, okay? And the more that I've been looking at the Holy Spirit, the more that I've, I, I've been realizing you know, what's just blatantly in front of me in Scripture, that this is the Spirit of Jesus. This is the Spirit of life. You know, I, I just realize more and more how much I'm just scratching the surface of what's possible with God. Um, and and, and that, that, that used to depress me, but, but now it just excites me. Because I, I, I've seen so many wonderful things. We've seen, you know, we've seen God heal people and we see God bring freedom to people and I've seen that in my own life and there's so much more, exponentially more, and that's exciting. But the, 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 the thing that has really been, challenging, really been challenging me, and again, maybe most of you have got this, but as I've been thinking about Pentecost and this, um, this, this place of Pentecost, um, you know, and obviously I'm someone who grew up in the church that you know, when, when, when we look at the life of Jesus and we look, at, we look at God's plan that rotates around Christ, we celebrate his birth at Christmas. You know, this, this incredible thing that, that Jesus, the king of all kings, gave up his divinity and became flesh. He became weak, became vulnerable, and he did that knowing that he would die. That's, that's an, the most astounding thing to imagine. Yeah, but, and, but as we look at his birth, then we look at the cross. And as amazing as his birth is, the cross is even more incredible. It's, it's the culmination of that plan of his birth and his death, that we would be set free from our sins, that he would die for us. It's an incredible thing. And then, and then after that, we look at his ascension a few days later, which we celebrate on Easter, you know, and we say this is the most important festival in the Christian calendar. 
because it's not just something that Jesus does for us. This, this is the fulcrum on which all of history turns. Everything, all time and space turns on this one thing of Jesus rising from the dead. That we would be called sons and daughters of God again. That we would have access to the Father's love again. And then after the resurrection, we celebrate his ascension. And his ascension, maybe we don't focus on that enough, but that is an incredible thing as well, isn't it? It's, it's Jesus being rewarded for his great sacrifice and being seated at the right hand of the Father. But it's also incredible for us because we're told in Ephesians that we too are seated with him in the heavenly realms. That even as he ascends, we ascend with him and we have this new authority and this new power. That we're not just sons and daughters waiting for eternal life, but we are, we are given authority and power now on earth. And his ascension is a beautiful thing. And when I look at those those festivals, those celebrations in the, in the church calendar. I don't know how, how you guys grew up. You know, I grew up in a, in a charismatic church, so you would think I would have got this right. But we have all of these things, and then we have Pentecost. And we so often treat Pentecost as if it's this other thing down here. You know, we have birth, and we have death, and we have resurrection, and we have ascension, and then we have Pentecost. But Pentecost... Pentecost is the crescendo of God's plan. It's not an afterthought. It's the culmination. Um, Bill Johnson has that saying, uh, and I don't know if he got it from someone else, um, but he says that we too often as Christians, you know, we, we rightly kneel before the cross because of its importance and its glory and the, and the wonder and the splendor of it. But too often, we stay there. We don't get up. We don't walk past the cross to the promises that God has for us. And the key promise that comes after the cross is Pentecost. And this really is the culmination of God's promise. Remember in Joel where God promises to pour out his spirit on his sons and his daughters and maidservants. That all flesh would have access to his spirit. His plan was that he would no longer just be a presence and a temple in one city in the world, but that there would be millions of temples running around the world bringing his kingdom. And the more that I've thought about this, um, even <laughs> thinking about this, the wonder of the cross and thinking about the wonder of the ascension, that if these are the things that set up Pentecost, that Pentecost is something truly glorious that I have never truly seen, the magnificence of it and the glory of it, that the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ is given to live inside me, that the promise of Jesus that he and the Father would come and make their home inside of me, that promise becomes true. And I think, I think over the next few months he might have me keep saying that one thing. And until that reality of the Spirit in us becomes something so tangible and so excitable that we truly get it 
and we truly understand the magnificence of the gift that we've been given. We are a post-Pentecost people. We've been given this greatest gift. And I, I just wanted to have one short little caveat here, because I've, I've spoken to a few of you um, who have had some negative experiences. Sorry, not of the Spirit, but just have had some difficulty in the last few weeks. Um, And again, I've said this before, but if, 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 we accept, if we accept how central the Spirit is, how central Pentecost is, then please expect that if you are captivated by the beauty of this gift and you press into it, don't be surprised if you start getting opposition. Okay, don't be surprised. Um, and, yeah, and, and this is why being, being wooed by the beauty of Jesus and the, and, the, and the beauty of his spirit is so important because that, that's what we're moving towards. And so when opposition comes, yeah, it might hurt, it might trouble us, but the beauty of what is drawing us, that doesn't diminish. And that's what keeps us moving forward. So we should expect, at the very least, to experience the things that Jesus experienced, shouldn't we? Yeah. Right? Family that scoff at us and tell us we're wrong. In Jesus' case, his brothers even tried to set him up to get killed. That's pretty harsh. Religious leaders who Jesus says are blind, the blind who lead the blind, but religious leaders who will try and persuade us that we're wrong. We have an interpretation of Scripture which doesn't have life. They have dead interpretations just like the Pharisees did. You know, and then, and then demonic as well. And demonic can be different things, okay? It can be like, it can be dreams. It, um, it can be something supernatural. Um, I, I, I have students at Taylor, and this actually happens quite frequently, that they'll have an experience with the Holy Spirit, and then within a few weeks, they'll have a really powerful demonic experience that they haven't had, you know, something, some thing will appear in their room at night. Sounds really weird, but this happens quite a lot, trying to intimidate them. And sometimes the demonic will just operate in the natural. You know, don't be surprised if you start to really press into the things of the Spirit that suddenly you start getting pressured at work, or you start losing friends, or anxiety and other things start to attack you, you start to feel these things. Don't be surprised if, you know, if, if, the, if the lust of the flesh starts to manifest as well. We can expect opposition. You know, and the, oppos the, the opposition is a, is a compliment. If that sort of stuff's happening, then you, you're on the right track. Just keep Bending your knees and worshiping Jesus and keep your eyes on him and the beauty and the wonder of him will keep drawing you forward. But those attacks are just a sign that you're on the right path. And if it ever gets too much, just remember, remember you're not on your own. All right? And seek help from your brothers and sisters.
I'm just going to read Romans 8 from verse 12. I know we know this scripture well, but I want to talk about three things that I, I'd like us to, to press into uh, in greater measure. But listen to the words of Paul in Romans 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, if by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God, daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Remember that last line, if you're suffering a bit, if you're facing some opposition. Okay, you can ask God for the glory that comes with it. Notice how many times the Spirit is referred to. By the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. Okay, not by your strength of will. Not by your determination to be a holy, good Christian. Okay, by the Spirit. Holiness is beautiful, but let it be by the Spirit, not by your strength. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. The Spirit of adoption. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. The Spirit is so central to life in God. And when I talk about that idea of cultivation, of that thing that God is doing in us, those by the spirits, by the Spirit, those come by spending time with God. Those come by reading the Word of God. Those come by worshiping God. But it's by Him. It's by Him. And that's a glorious release of, <laughs> a glorious release for us, not of all responsibility, but it's not us that makes it happen. Let's just give him space to work. And so I, I've said all of these, these, these things again, but you know, he wants us to get this. How do we get to know him better? How do we cultivate? Um, surrender. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Surrender. I think sometimes we have this idea as Christians that the Holy Spirit is this gift that God gives us, and it'd be really awesome if we could possess it. Like God gives us this gift, and we can take it, and we can have it. And the reverse is true, that the Holy Spirit wants to possess us, not us, Him. We are His possession. We are crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. We are not supposed to be anymore. We are 
crucified with Christ. And so we surrender to him. We surrender to his glory and we surrender to his beauty. And, and let's, let's increasingly make this a daily ritual. And sometimes you might have half an hour or an hour or maybe just five minutes where you can be on your knees before him. Maybe you like me and it's 11 o'clock at night and you remember these words haven't passed. I remember these words haven't passed my lips and I say, Lord, I surrender. Sorry it's taken me so long to remember to do this today, but I surrender. Over this next week, a few weeks, I just encourage us to, to practice this more and more and more. And say the words, even if you're not sure how your heart's going to respond, even if you don't know how real it is, say the words. Say the words with whatever meaning you can muster. And let the Spirit do the work. By the Spirit, let Him do the work. And the second thing, crucify the flesh. In Romans 8, 2, so a few verses before the one I read, Paul says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of life, or the Spirit of life in Christ. When we crucify the flesh, again, this is not an act of our will alone. It's not an attempt to be holy and perfect. Yes, Jesus says, obey my commandments. And absolutely, that is what we are called to do. And it's a weird thing, because we don't have to obey the law of Moses, because we're now under the law of the Spirit. And so it's not by our achievements. But at the same time, Jesus does say, obey my commandments. But the more that we surrender to the Spirit, the more that we are submitted to Him and His will, the more sensitive we are to His voice, the more that we delight in, the, in, in, in that reality of Jesus' presence, the more we will willingly crucify the flesh. That when the Lord says, this is still a problem, we will want to step into it. We will want to crucify it. And by the Spirit, we will be able to do it. Not on and off and on and off and on and off, but crucified, dead, by the Spirit. But remember, because we're human, we will fail. We will slip up. We will sin. Just repent, get on your knees, surrender again, and cry out to the Lord for more of Him. It, it really is that easy. Leave guilt behind. Leave shame behind. Know that it is the Father's delight for us to cry out to Him. And the third thing... Um, Again, this is one of the ones I think that perhaps most by the Spirit. But, but start to truly believe. Start to ask Him to help you truly believe that you are a son and a daughter of God. Ask Him to open up the possibility and the potential of that promise. That we are heirs with Christ. He is the firstborn. But we too inherit the victory that he won. Start to ask him more. What does this mean, Lord? 
And, and, and will we start to believe that the promise of Jesus, the model of Jesus is the promise that we have? That we will live guided by the Spirit. We will live with intimacy with the Father. We will live with the power of the Spirit flowing through us. So when, jo- when Jesus says in John 14, 12, the greatest things that I have done, you will do, because I am with the Father. Just, gosh, spend a week on that scripture. Because he is with the Father, and we are made sons and daughters of God, we are able to do more than he did. Finally, um, there's this um, a guy with a really strong prophetic gift that I, that I really enjoy listening to. He's really funny. He's also really accurate in his prophetic gifts. And he's um, also had some pretty astounding experiences. Um, and one of my favorite stories that he tells, um, God has a habit of sending angels to talk to him, which is just really cool. And, and on one occasion, two angels were sent to him, and they, they gave him this word from God to share. And it was really powerful and amazing. And, and Bob, um, which is his name, said to the angels, why have you chosen me? Why, why have you given me this honor? And the angel, one of the angels said to him, we didn't choose you. You're the third person. The other two just said no. And he will always say, I'm not the smartest person. I'm not the most faithful person. But I try and live surrendered and I try and say yes. And so the last thing that I want to encourage us with is, is will we Will we say yes? And it might just be one of these things. Will we say yes to just being a little bit more surrendered? Will we say yes to spending a bit more time with God cultivating intimacy with Him? Will we say yes to crucifying some part of our flesh, some sin? Will we say yes to, to, to believe the wonders of his promise, and the promise of his spirit. And finally, remember that Jesus said that if we ask for the spirit, the Father will give him to us. That is a promise from Jesus himself. So ask him. Ask him for more. I know there's more for me. A lot more. There's more for Matt. There's more for Ashley. There's more for everyone in this room. Matthew? Have you got anything to pray about yet? Yes. Good. Okay. I was worried that this was like a Samson moment. 
And um, <laughs> I haven't tested its physical strength, but maybe it's like a spiritual thing. <laughs> Will you guys pray? Let's, uh, <laughs> we'll see, maybe my test something. <laughs> I do have something though, so let's, let's pray. In a few weeks, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak on some things where I've seen the Lord move in real power. Um, but the thing that has been moving me the most this past year is the tenderness of the Spirit. The gentleness with which He's meeting me and meeting others. Lord Jesus, you, you see into our hearts. You know us. And Lord, maybe there's, well, you know, the, the, the things that we're struggling with, you, you know these things, and yet you still love us. And you're still calling us into intimacy with you. Lord, I know that you love every man and woman in this place. That we are your sons and we are your daughters. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would, you would release more of your spirit over our lives. The Holy Spirit, Spirit of life, I ask that you would meet us. Meet your children. Possess us, Lord. Holy Spirit, will you, will you reveal Jesus to us? Give us greater clarity. Lord, whether we see him in a vision, whether we just know in our spirits more of who he is, but will you, will you reveal him? We know that is one of the reasons Jesus sent you. Lord, I ask that you would move in this body. You'd move over this church family. You would you'd move over these towns. That you would increase. Increase over this land, Lord. But Lord, increase too in our hearts. Increase in these temples. Lord, we surrender to you. 
We glorify you, Jesus. We praise you, Father, that Pentecost, that the giving of your Spirit was the culmination of your plan. So be glorified, Father. Be glorified, Lord Jesus. Be glorified, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.